Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer podcast. My name is Deb McBride, and today is Sunday, the 15th of March, 2020. And I am broadcasting from beautiful Escazú, Costa Rica, where it is a gorgeous day and breezy and sunny and simply, simply delightful. And we are halfway through this third month. Um, today is the halfway point of this third month um, of this new year, of this new decade. And it is unbelievable how t- quickly time is going. And we are almost finished with this first quarter of this new year. So um, I felt when I was dis- deciding what to discuss on my podcast today, and there are two planets changing signs this week, and those are important, and we will discuss them. I realized that I needed to address the current chaotic situation going on globally. If I did not, it would be the elephant in the room. And I do need to not be remiss and kind of present um, a different perspective on what's going on and at least address what's going on, whether you agree with me or not. And I'm removed from it quite a bit because I am in Costa Rica. I'm not someone that buys into these media explosions of situations. I'm not someone that buys into chaos like this. Um, I usually try to keep a cool head through these kinds of situations and sort of stay put and stay focused, um, which I recommend anyone to do. (laughs) But I do need to address it. So I'm going to tell you um, <laughs> the way I've been trained and how I've been trained and why my perspective on this may very well be different. So I was trained um, in advanced astrology by Michael Luton, who was the Vanity Fair astrologer when Vanity Fair had an astrology column. And Michael who still has his practice um, in New York City is, you know, he taught us the work of a a psychiatrist uh, called Dr. Robert Langs. Dr. Langs died a couple of years ago. And um, when I studied with Michael, uh, he was colleagues and good friends with Dr. Langs. And he was very um, particular about the way we he presented the work and the way we learned the work, and it was um, a very interesting seven years of uh, learning this work. And before that, I studied basic astrology with a friend's mom when I was very young, and in New Jersey, where I lived at the time. But this is the what informs my counseling, this is what informs my practice, this is what informs my work, um, this work with Dr. Langs. And so... Um, Dr. Langs, L-A-N-G-S, and not to be confused with R.D. Lang, who was a psychotherapist many years prior, um, Dr. Langs had a very uh, particular and unique way of dealing with uh, clients, groups, etc. And he wrote many books, and a lot of them you're going to have to find in the out-of-print places like the Strand Bookstore or online at, like, you know, eight books or something. And he wrote a lot about his method and, and he had groups and, and worked with many people. And the thing is that uh, his books were concerned with dream decoding, not interpretation, and the frame, what he called the frame, which was the structure by which one sees a client and what is important when one sees a client. And the things that are necessary to hold and contain a group or 
a person in the therapeutic setting because um, holding and containing a situation maintains the integrity of the relationship. And so Dr. Langs, at the bottom of everything, Dr. Langs believed that all roads led to death anxiety. And when we did not maintain the integrity of the frame, and that could be a frame break when you let your client come in late and then let them extend the appointment, <laughs> meaning your client shows up 15 minutes late and you extend the appointment by 15 minutes instead of saying your time was from three to four and you have from three to four. And um, that the client showing up late is a frame break. The client, uh, you extending the time by 15 minutes is also a frame break and it, it contributes to what Dr. Langs used to say it would contribute to the client's madness. And so what that means is not the client is insane, but we all have stuff. And he felt that the way to get to the, uh, the subconscious or what he called the unconscious, um, was that you used a certain method of listening to dialogue and decoding the message and knowing that if the client is telling you something that, um, they are telling you something, a story from their life, they're telling you something about you. And if they are telling you something about you, um, you have to correct the frame accordingly. Or, you know, they may be telling you that they're very happy and they're telling you in a very encoded way. So I'm very trained to listen to dialogue and decode the unconscious message. Now, in the world, in the global sense, um, I, you know, we can decode the same thing and we can look at the messages that we're getting from the media and the hysteria that has been in this outbreak and essentially what's happening and what happens during any situation like this, a pandemic, a war, anything. This is where Dr. Langs would say the end result here, it's, it's about death anxiety. Sure, because people are afraid that they're going to get a disease and they're going to die and or they're going to get the disease and get very sick and get close to death or something is going to trigger that in them. Now, when you get into a chaotic state by something media-driven like this and you are feeling something that is um, panic-stricken, if you are feeling panic, um, then what this is doing is it's triggering your own sense of mortality or death anxiety. Everybody has death anxiety to some degree. I have a friend here who told me that he doesn't, he's not afraid to die and he may well not be, but the level of death anxiety, it, I don't know what level of death anxiety he has. I'd have to have a conversation more on that topic with him. However, um, when there is chaos and pandemonium like this, the world is experiencing a high level of death anxiety. So when markets start plummeting and people talk about nothing else but this and people are freaking out and they're talking in high-pitched voices and they're getting hysterical and they're freaked out, that is death anxiety. And whenever chaos ensues, we are not held and contained in the integrity of our frame. So what's happening and heaven knows the media loves this because they can just make a lot of money because people will 
Um, it's their job to report the news, absolutely, but there's also a certain level at which they keep repeating it and repeating it, and they love when people stay tuned for any little bit of information. And usually the news doesn't change that much within a few hours. You could turn the TV on, look on the internet, get a piece of information, and not go back for a day or so. And But there are people who you know keep the news on, and, and certainly they're right to keep the news. Sometimes it's a lot more interesting than this, and they're talking about var- various things other than one topic over and over. In any event, what happens when um, the frame is broken or when there is chaos? We are more tuned in and tapped into our death anxiety. So if you experienced situations in your youth or at certain points in your life um, that brought you to the edge of survival on some level, whether you were hungry as a kid, whether you got very sick, whether your life felt threatened in some way. And all of us as children, as Michael used to say, try, we try to figure out where to get love and where not to get killed. That's what he used to say. And so if your support system was solid and strong, and if your life was solid and strong, then you probably have lesser degrees of death anxiety than people whose lives were not as such. If you lived in a war zone growing up and it was constant battle and panic, that's the heavy level of death anxiety that you were handed by life and by the collective. Um, This is going to play into that. If you are not someone that um, feels a lot of craziness around this or, or is being triggered by this situation, then you probably don't have a lot of death anxiety. Um, it is my job as an astrologer, as a counselor, that when the person comes in the room or when I'm speaking to someone in their session, it is my job to hold and contain the frame and to make sure that I am not allowing chaos to ensue. So chaos in an astrological appointment is we're back and forth on email and the phone 10 times to get the appointment right. We're um, missing appointments. <laughs> you know, we're we're forgetting appointments. We're showing up late. Um, sometimes these things are out of our control. And so, sure, so people show up late because, you know, when I was in New York and I saw people, the F train frequently ran amok and people came late, and that's not their problem. But at the same token, <laughs> this is where it gets sticky, each and every one of us is responsible for what goes on in our unconscious, our subconscious mind. And so I know that back in the day, many years ago, when I used to go to regression therapy, if my bus was late and I got to my appointment late or I made it in the nick of time or something happened on my way, I knew something big was going to come up in that session. So that was going to be life-changing in some way. So oftentimes when a client, we have trouble connecting somewhere, somebody, and it could be me, um, is having some sort of death anxiety and the experience is that there is some sort of chaos going on between us during the appointment um we and you know you can only be so astute of your own 
subconscious drives during a session (laughs) and things happen and you can't always control them. And so that's why I always say meditate, do work on yourself, clear the decks, keep focused and keep going. This is why people can't break out of character when they're acting on the Broadway stage. They have to keep the integrity of the show together. You're not going to see people burst out hysterical laughing, although it happens they come out of character, but they have to keep the integrity of the show together for the, the group, the sake of the group. Okay, so that's something right there in everyday life. So in everyday life, if your you know, therapist is constantly changing appointments, that's not good. That's a frame break. It's very important for us as healers, as counselors, to keep things as stable as possible with every respect for the client. And so when things in the world get this way, that means that there is a collective death anxiety. And sure, what else does that but a pandemic? Now, um, why would we be getting triggered? And this is where we start to look at astrology because, you know, we could be triggered at any point, but we happen to be in a very interesting place astrologically right now. So one of the things is that when this all started, Mercury was in retrograde, it was in Pisces. Um, It goes back into Pisces tomorrow, the 16th, by the way, in the wee hours of, you know, before we get up, Eastern time. And what happens is, you know, Mercury goes retrograde. It's in the last sign of the zodiac. And the last sign of the zodiac is the end of the zodiac, right? So when we are in the last degrees of Pisces, you know, and that's where we are right now, where the sun is right now, we are in the last degrees of something. And so when we are in, you know, in astrology, when we're in the last degrees of something, you know, we freak out. (laughs) You don't want to admit to freaking out, but you freak out. And so we are having now the sun at the very end of Pisces. And that means that we're coming to the end of the Zodiac and we're starting all over again on Thursday, which is very late Thursday night, Eastern time. The sun is going to move into Aries and the solstice begins, um, up North. (laughs) And I'm sorry, not solstice, equinox. Shame on me. Spring equinox <laughs> begins up north. I'm, I'm living in between. I live in, in a realm where the weather is the same all the time. So pardon my, pardon my lack of seasons. <laughs> Any case, um, we're going into the equinox. We go into this new beginning of the astrology year. So that starts very late on the 19th. Eastern time, United States time, okay? But in the meantime, we're at the end of the Zodiac. We're at the end. And what I was taught by Michael Luton was this end of the Zodiac is where we atone, where atonement comes in. And so we're in this place of atonement in the Zodiac. We're in the last few degrees of Pisces. And, you know, generally speaking, we go through this every year. This is not a big deal. We're not. We experience a new season, a new a new zodiac all the time. And so why are we so freaked out? Because it's not just about the sun in Pisces. It's about Saturn. And Saturn's complications right now are many. So here's why. Remember Saturn and Pluto were conjunct earlier this year in January. And it's all I've been talking about. All last year all I talked about was Saturn and Pluto. And there's a death anxiety in that in and of itself. Saturn and Pluto together could be goodbyes of some sort, could be endings of some sort, can be restrictions of some sort. And I was always preaching to everyone to transcend it. 
Saturn will leave Capricorn this week and go into Aquarius on Saturday. Again, very, very late, two minutes before midnight Eastern time. Saturn goes into Aquarius and it stays there, retrogrades, and it's going to be in there till about July. And then it's going to turn around. It will have already turned around and it's leaving and it comes back into Capricorn. When Saturn enters a new sign, which it hasn't done in two and a half years, it starts to leave, you know, when it comes to a new sign, it's leaving an old sign. Now it's leaving its own sign. And Saturn and Pluto were together. And that means Pluto is also at the end of Capricorn. And Pluto's approaching 24 degrees. And when Pluto is 24 degrees, we've only got six degrees left before Pluto leaves Capricorn. Stay with me. This is, this is technical. Saturn is leaving Capricorn this week. It's going to come back. So we're going to hear some more stuff again later in the year about this pandemic. But right now, Saturn is leaving a sign. And that means a cycle is over. Saturn will leave Capricorn at the end of this year and is going to go into Aquarius and stay there. Not going to go back to Capricorn by December, by the end of December. No more Capricorn for Saturn. We're going into um, a new sign and Saturn will say goodbye to Capricorn till another 30 years. Okay, so this is the end of a cycle. And so what that's a, what does that mean well it means that we're saying goodbye to all the things that happened to us what during capricorn and we know saturn pluto was part of that and now saturn is at 29 capricorn going to leave and go into zero degrees aquarius on saturday the 21st very late depends on where you live um could be the 22nd where you live but what we're seeing is the ending of something and so usually when there is an ending in the sky, in the heavens, people freak out collectively. And Saturn usually doesn't always do this, but it's triggering that Pluto. Pluto is coming to the end of Capricorn. Pluto's not going to leave Capricorn for a while. I think we have a good five years before it starts to tiptoe into Aquarius and then tiptoe back out. However, this is something we need to pay attention to. In astrology, when some planet like Saturn, especially because it's a pretty big gun, moves out of a sign and into a new sign, when a bigger planet is going to move out of that same sign, the same area of the zodiac, and then move into the same new sign that Saturn's going to move in, um, then we are getting a preview of what's happening in our collective unconscious. So the collective unconscious is saying, Wah! we're ending something, oh my God. Yeah, we're getting a preview of Pluto leaving Capricorn and going into Aquarius. Saturn is showing us, hey kids, here's the trailer, you know. And that doesn't mean we're going to have a massive pandemic at the end of Capricorn. Because Capricorn rules government and authority and uh, it rules the stock markets and the banking and, and all. But look what's happening to the stock market. And remember what happened back in 2008. 2008, we saw the stock market go crazy. We saw Ponzi schemes. We saw a lot of market problems. We saw the subprime mortgage crisis. Pluto went into Capricorn in 2008. So what we're seeing now is we're seeing these these 
uh, trailers, movie trailers, for what is to come at the end of Capricorn when Pluto leaves Capricorn in a few years. So right now, we're still in this Capricorn phase. Saturn's still there. Jupiter's there. Mars is there. Everybody's in Capricorn. The South Node's still in Capricorn. But as things move out of Capricorn and move into Aquarius, we're getting a taste of what Pluto's going to be like. And what I may have mentioned, and I know I've mentioned in the past, perhaps last week, that Saturn and Jupiter, I know I said Saturn and Jupiter are going to meet up at the end of December, and that's going to be something brand new because they don't meet up very often, once every 20 years. But Jupiter's also going to leave Capricorn, and Saturn and Jupiter are going to leave Capricorn around the same time and go into Aquarius. And they're paving the way for coming attractions for Pluto to go into Capricorn, to go into Aquarius. When we start to see these things happen, we are ending a cycle. So psychologically, unconsciously, subconsciously, in the backs of our heads and in the collective unconscious, we are starting to see a very profound shift in culture. And you can bet that the chaos that we are seeing now is going to revisit us when Pluto makes that shift itself. Saturn will be long gone. Saturn will be finished with Aquarius. By the time Pluto goes into Aquarius, Saturn will be finished with Aquarius. Done. And it may even be an Aries by that time. I'd have to do my homework and look that up. But Jupiter will be long gone from Aquarius. But Pluto is still has to go there and has yet to go there. And so Pluto is the planet of death and transformation. It is the planet of regeneration. It's the planet of renaissance. It's the planet of rebirth. So on some level, we're all experiencing some sort of rebirth, and we should be excited about the rebirth and stop focusing on the death. We have to, and there are many birds chirping here right now, it's very nice. Um, we have to focus on the rebirth. We have to focus on what's next and leave some part of this behind because there's a part of Pluto that we're seeing right now, and it's very, very important to look at the the endings that we're watching so there are endings to things that that started when pluto was in capricorn there's financial stuff there's um government stuff there's a lot of things that could potentially freak us out on a collective level something's coming to a close um you know when the whole blow up in 2008 of the stock markets and the, the, the government and the marketing and, and the markets and all kind of happened over the course of time and really blew up through the end of 2008, that was Pluto leaving Sagittarius. So the faults of Pluto and Sagittarius came back to haunt people, all of us, in 2008 when Pluto left Sagittarius and went into Capricorn. Now, Pluto did a dance. Pluto went into Capricorn, went left, went back into Sagittarius, left for good sometime in November 2008, and then went into Capricorn for good and has been there ever since. Pluto stays in a sign like 15 years or so, you know, or more. And this is, this is what we're feeling and seeing. We're seeing, again, a rerun of, and a trailer, <laughs> of a planet changing signs. I don't think, you know, Saturn, when it left Sag and went into Capricorn, may have tweaked some of those things, brought it back to our memories a little bit, but I don't remember it being like this. What I believe is the hard stuff 
we're looking at is getting ready for Pluto to leave Capricorn in a few years. It still has six degrees to go through, meaning it's going to retrograde. It's going to go forward and backward and forward and backward over those last six degrees. But for the most part, it's in the last 10 degrees of Capricorn, and that's it. It's not going back. So this is it. We're, we're looking at Pluto actually is not going to pass 24. It's going to go forward and come back to 2024. 20, um, but what we're looking at, what we're looking at is we're seeing what's happening in the global consciousness. And this is what's freaking everybody out. And this is really at the bottom of all of this. We're at the end of something. So my advice, and I know I'm talking through this whole podcast, but my advice is to not buy into the chaos, to not buy into the death anxiety, and to not allow yourself to feel threatened in any way. Now, if you're a person in your astrological chart who was born with planets, outer planets or Saturn changing signs, you are going to feel this like a tuning fork. Okay, you're going to resonate to this like a tuning fork. And so this is very important to pay attention to in your life. If you're feeling this, it means something was shifting around when you were born. And it, it disturbed your little baby unconscious when you were, and you're vulnerable. We're all vulnerable when that we're that age. When something of like a big shift happens, you know, the poor kid. <laughs> so, so here's what's going on. Saturn... Um, is going to leave Saturday. The sun is going to leave Pisces, the end of the zodiac, on Thursday. So what to do? Pay attention. Pay attention to where you're freaking out. Pay attention to where this is affecting you. And look at the area of your life and go into it and don't be afraid of it. If it's your finances, go do your finances. Make spreadsheets, do QuickBooks, do whatever you need to do to own your finances. If it's your you know, relationship with your parents, go look at it. Whatever is freaking you out, like maybe you're saying, oh, this is it, end times, it's a pandemic, my, my, I didn't get my book written. Well, hell, sit down and write the damn book. <laughs> um, if, if this is not bothering you, it's getting to all of us on some level. It just depends on what we allow to happen, okay? So if it's not bothering you that greatly, there's something somewhere that's irritating you, probably keeping you up at night. Um, address it. That's where you have to go with this. Each of us is ending something, going to something new. And it's very powerful, very powerful, or it would not have manifested on this level. And maybe on some level, it's about health. And maybe at some level, it's about well-being. But when we go into these things, when we are experiencing um, you know, this level of fright and this level of fear in our society, the worst thing we can do is give into it, you know, and the best thing for us is to just address locally what we have going on for ourselves, where the fear is showing up in our lives and how we can make it better for ourselves. Okay. So on that note, Saturn goes into Aquarius and that is going to be a whole other ball of wax. Saturn's leaving its own sign. It's it Capricorn. It rules Capricorn. It co-rules Aquarius. It ruled Aquarius until they discovered Uranus. Saturn in Aquarius is in a good place. So this is actually not a bad thing. Um, we go into Aries um, 
you know, this week. So that's two things. Now what's happening is the sun and Saturn are in what we call sextile. They are in a very nice relationship with one another, and that's a good thing. And Saturn and the sun are, you know, they're not always doing that. So right now they're in tandem and they're working together. And so there's a smooth aspect. So there is light in all of this. The sun is ending its run and the zodiac is starting new. So we're about to be reborn. So we have to pay attention to the rebirth. We have to pay attention to the regeneration. We have to get up and see a new day. And that's what we're going to be doing on Thursday. We're seeing a new day. Hooray, the sun is at zero Aries. The sun is exalted in Aries. I think we're going to get our strength back once the sun gets out of murky Pisces, which is like the swamp of the zodiac. No offense to Pisces. I have Venus in Pisces, but... Um, for the sun in Pisces, you know, we're at the end of this and we're just saying, you know, so long. And we are going to embrace Aries on Thursday. So I really say to everybody, embrace the fire, embrace Aries, embrace Mars, which is power and courage and summon your courage because we're going into the sign of the courageous. So the fear mongering has got to stop. Stop allowing it into your life. Make a choice right now and decide. And Aries is about the warrior. And if someone is going to war, they've made a choice to go to war. So if you're going to be a warrior, you got to stand up and have courage. Okay? So be that warrior in your own life and say, I'm not going to battle, do battle with the media and the, the collective unconscious. I'm going to take care of my needs in my own life and start fresh when we see this new day on Thursday. And this is what's really important right now. So I recommend that you focus on what's coming, not what's going on, where you can strengthen your life. And if you're not feeling well, do the appropriate things to feel better physically, emotionally, psychologically. Meditation is always a friend. Okay. Um, this week, Jupiter and Mars are going to conjunct. So that's another nice burst of energy on Friday the 20th, Mars will conjunct Jupiter in the early part of the morning in Capricorn. So Mars is getting ready to conjunct those planets. It's going to, first it's Jupiter, then it's going to be Pluto, then it's going to be eventually Saturn. But it's not going to reach Pluto for a while. It's We're, we're, we're looking at, you know, a few... It's Today's the 15th. We're not looking until the 23rd for Pluto. So this is time to own power. We're going into Aries. This is... We're looking to Mars. Mars is going to conjunct Jupiter the day after the sun goes into Aries. This is about courage. So stand up for yourself. Say you're bigger than this crisis and go forward. In the meantime, today the moon is in Sagittarius. It will go void at 5.34 a.m. Eastern time. It will then be void till 12.25 p.m. Um, Eastern time when it goes into Capricorn. It will then go into Capricorn for several days, go void for a short amount of time, about 25 minutes on Wednesday night, 8.48 to 9.16 Eastern time, and then it's going to go into Aquarius. This will trigger Saturn. This is going to trigger the Saturn. So, but Wednesday, be careful. It's going to hit Mars. It's going to hit Jupiter. It's going to hit Pluto. That's the moon. It's going to you know, like like a pinball machine, hit all those planets one at a time till it goes to Saturn and then it goes void. Do not let this get to you. So if Wednesday's going to be a rough day, don't worry about it. Just just move on to the next task. Don't buy into it. Stay focused on you. Okay. Listen to the birds chirping. 
Uh, the sun is going to sextile Saturn as it, as I told you, it's going to be exact aspect, 7.50 p.m. Eastern time on the 19th, which is Thursday. And hey, this is a new day. We're moving into a new day. Um, that is going to be the, one of the last aspects the sun makes before it goes into Aries. So it's going to hit Saturn in a nice way, touch Saturn, shake hands, move into Aries. And then what will happen is the moon it will be in Aquarius. It's going to be void all day Friday the 20th. So don't worry about Friday the 20th. Do your, do your things. The moon will be void all day in Aquarius. And it goes out of void when it goes into Pisces, 8.33 a.m. Saturday morning. So that's more than a 24-hour void. Take Friday off. <laughs> do something fun. <laughs> Go to the movies. Go do something. Go to a go to a science fair. Go to a museum. <laughs> it's a it's a it's an Aquarius moon void. Um, Saturday the moon is in Pisces, and Sunday the moon is in Pisces, and then it goes in on Monday the twenty third uh, into Aries. So that night it will be void most of Monday the twenty third. But what we're looking at here is staying courageous owning our power, saying, Mars, Jupiter, give me some energy and don't buy into this blitz, this death anxiety blitz, because we're at the end of a sign. I thank you for listening. My name is Deb McBride. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you would like a session, my website is thegoldenastrologer.com. My Twitter is at Deb Astrology, and I'm here every Sunday on this podcast, The Golden Astrologer. I can be available for sessions. There are astrocartography reports available on my website, as is the purchase of my Year Ahead 2020 video. Um, I wish you a lovely week and stay well. Thank you.